Welcome to another edition of Everything's Black and White. And for the first time, I look around the room and see wide smiles everywhere because uh, everything is not just black and white. Everything is uh, is rosy in the Newcastle United Garden. Well, maybe not quite, but, uh, you know, Lee, what a night on Wednesday. I mean, you gave everybody 10 out of 10. And I think, I mean, we judging by the reaction that that got on Twitter and, and other things, there were a lot of people who agreed with you. And, and, and what a night it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, obviously, I did predict that it would happen as well before the game. Uh, I wasn't mad. Uh, I did feel that Newcastle just had that little kind of, you know, the way they come off the field at Tottenham, you're very close to the players. And you could see that the confidence, uh, it just suddenly switched back after a poor first half mm. against Tottenham. They came out in the second half, different team. Uh, and I did wonder how, how they would start the game at Man City. I, I thought they started well. They would have a chance, and they couldn't have got off to a better start to six minutes. Rolando Aaron scoring, and then obviously, you know, to wrap it up with 15 minutes to go was just fantastic for the club, uh, the fans, the players, the staff, everybody, and for us. Mm. I was going to say, I mean, what made you like? I mean, you, you said there about uh, about tipping it. Was it the the reaction that you saw at Tottenham, or was it? The fact that you think maybe this team has possibly turned a corner a little bit. Yeah, I do think they've turned a corner, and that you know it wasn't a wild guess. It wasn't just saying it for the sake of it. You know, the bookmakers did have them down as ten to one. It's uh, incredible that ten to one. I'm sure a few people were. Uh, whoever was stupid enough to put it on has, has been rewarded. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I don't think they were stupid. I can see, as I say, they came off that field at Tottenham, and there was just that little glint in the eye. They were together. They're obviously playing for the manager. Um, you know, you've seen the scenes at the end of the Man City game mm. when they all ran over and done the huddle. We've seen the huddle before the game, and they've gone out and got beat. Well, this one was after the game, and it's a much better time to do it, especially when you're beating the champions in the own backyard yeah. and got through the quarterfinals of the cup, no less. It's amazing. I mean, Andy, we're just just judging on it now. We were we were obviously in the office, maybe judging a little bit of the feedback that came through. But just sum up the kind of the mood of, amongst Newcastle fans now. Probably two weeks ago, we just said. Lower than a snake's belly. Now we're kind of riding high. I mean, what do you kind of uh, make of it? It, it? it is. I mean, and, and justifiably so. We, you know, we, we were saying we were in the office, and it just, you know, it, would, it was one of those nights that you'd love to have been in the stadium to have been a part of it because that's what it's all about. It was a, it's a big cup night. They beat the champions, like Lee said, but the reaction on online on on all our stories on, you know, we got some great pictures from our photographer down there, um, and. What came back was just joy, and and that's and that's what it's about, and that's what cup runs can bring. Mm. It's not going to happen all the time, you know. They've got Tottenham in the next round, which I'm sure we'll talk about, um, and they might lose. But the point is, it's all about that night, and it, what a great night! First time away since 2000, they beat Man City. First time they've beaten Man City at all since uh, 2005, I think. So, you know, making history, rewriting it for the right reasons. Whereas we're not sat here talking about another defeat but just just joy and, mm. it, and it's, it's, it's been a, it was a genuine pleasure to have been sort of there covering it but it would have been nice to have actually been in the stadium because yeah. the noise would have just been incredible mm. I mean it's a funny one uh, Lee really because we've I think that there's maybe a, an impression outside of Newcastle that uh, fans maybe the journalists maybe the, the rest of us are kind of like oh we're, we're, we're gutted that Newcastle have started to do well and I mean I saw one piece I think Paddy Barkley in the in the Evening Standard said, oh, well, you know, people should be apologising to Alan Pardew. It's not like that, is it? We, it's, it's not the case. That, I mean, we, the reason that the criticism came for Alan Pardew was because we wanted the team to be performing this well. That was simply it, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't think the fans have got anything to apologise for. 
the team were performing poorly. They they weren't operating the way that they can do. And obviously they've had ability because mm. you don't go out and beat mm. Man City unless you you're good. So they obviously haven't been shown it uh, in recent weeks, and we've had to persevere with the team. Um, so I don't think there's any reason to apologise. Um, you know, if you lose games, you're gonna people will analyse your performance. That's exactly. all people are doing. They're not you know having a pop. They're analysing what's happened in a game. You know, Southampton away, lost four nil. You know, you can't write they were unlucky. You mm. cannot write anything like that. It was a bad performance. You know, the team didn't look like they were together. You know, there's people jogging around half-heartedly, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, a couple of weeks down the line, they've dug in, they've, they've proved that they're decent players, and they've won, and now they're getting applauded. Mm. So that that's how it works. You know, if if the team wins and they're getting hammered off people, then obviously something's wrong. Mm. But if you win, you know, as I say, every player, 10 out of 10 the yeah. other day. Yeah. You know, some one or two people say it was far-fetched. The majority agreed with it because it was absolutely right. They played as a team. They ran everything. They chased everything. You could see it on the pitch. Yeah. Ryan Taylor getting blocks in. Jack Colbert hooked one off the line. Uh, Robbie Elliott pulling a couple of great saves off. Tackles flying in everywhere. You know, Paul Dummett getting wrestled to the ground, then bouncing back up and nearly scoring. It's the the attitude and character of the team shining through. And that wasn't happening a few weeks ago. It is now, and they're getting applauded. Yeah. And just interestingly now, Lee, would you, those players have proved themselves. It was probably not a, a team selection that a lot would have gone for. Would you sort of retain the majority of those players for, for, um, for Liverpool? No, I think you have to bring some, some personnel has got to come back. Um, I think the deal is very much, you know, Rob, Rob Elliott plays in the Cup games. Yeah. Tim Krull, uh, I don't mind if they get the final, I don't know if you'll uh, agree with that one so much, but Tim Krull's a Premier League goalkeeper, I, I expect him to come in, um, Cabela might get a bit more of a sniff, mm. um, you know, we don't know about Riviere, because uh, of Papi Cissé's fitness, you know, he could start, Perez could start, there's a few different options um, that'll happen, but, you know, they're in a decent place, and uh, there's no reason why now they can't, step on the pitch and uh, give Liverpool a game now. Um, Andy, you wrote a, a little piece about Ryan Taylor before he came back, mm. I mean, about how much he gives to that team. Mm. Would you have Ryan Taylor in there, even though he played all those 90 minutes on Wednesday? Uh, no, not, not, for, not for, for Liverpool. Uh, it, it was a, a massive step forward in, in, in his career and you know, he got the, the plaudits of the fans and the, and the, and the players. But I'd, I think, give him a little bit of time. He, you know, he's come back two years out serious knee injuries um, and I think his body while I'm sure he would love to play every single second of every single game I think you, you hold hold off it, you know we talk about other players in other teams who um, can't play two games in, in, in a week so actually somebody who's come back I think just hold off and also just for him to kind of let that adrenaline get out of his system and then back in and prepare whether it's a week's time whether it's the next cup game whatever it is the point I think for Taylor is not to rush you know he's got back to this place now where he, because he's taken time. Obviously, coming back early was when he, you know, bust his knee the, the, the second time. Um, I tell you what, though, when he took that free kick after I'd done that little piece on the free kick, I thought, what a, what a, what a, you know, what a, um, what a strike this would be if he did didn't. But the point was the threats now back a little bit. It's another option. I think mm-hmm. that's that was that's the point of all this is is that there is a man here who can deliver balls and who's confident of doing that like I said I think Neil did a piece at the end of end of last season with Paul Dummer was on them you know young lad comes into the team he's on dead balls and, and pocket spot kicks 
now you've got Taylor, who is an option for that. So, no, I don't think he should play. It doesn't mean he might not be on the bench or, or, or already, but I think it would be a, a, a little just to push him for, for that game. Yeah, Lee, this is the first time I can remember for ages that the City feels like it cannot wait for the next Newcastle United game. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, I've touched on it a few times before and I was obviously done, I've done a piece with Terry McTermott in today's paper talking about what it used to be like under the entertainers where you couldn't wait to get up to the ground. Uh, you know, in those days it was... Uh, I sound really old now. But in those days it was a case of, you know, not are we going to win, how many goals are we going to score? Mm. And there was some absolute pace that's got dished out down the years uh, during the Keegan thing. And, like, I know maybe younger fans, they don't... They they don't they think it's the old fellas harping on about the past, but you know they were good times. But this week has there has been a little little feel of that back. You know people are looking forward to uh, getting back up. I know a lot of the fans are now uh, going to Rosie's Bar on the way up to Gallagher End and you know trying to get the atmosphere going yeah. again and get everyone in good voice before the game. And that that's good to see because. That's what it used to be like in, in, in the pubs. Everyone used to get the singing going beforehand, and I think that transfers into the ground. So yeah. long may that continue, and uh, hopefully another great win, because as we've seen after the Leicester game, you know, the, the Saturday night, oh, the, city, the City was absolutely jumping, and, uh, and they're, they, they're great nights, and you've got to you, you know, literally drink them up and enjoy them, because they don't come around uh, too often. Right, we're going to go. Sorry, Andy, you, were, you, were, you just as I, I was about I was to point to my, my ruler right here. Yeah, no, the only thing I just just to sort of end on there is the reason that Newcastle have got themselves into this position is because they've been working hard because they know they've been under pressure and it's been the fight. It's been every man pulling for each other. It all goes out the window um, if they don't do that against Liverpool. Yeah, and that's that's that would be the only thing that my, my worry is that actually you've. The hard work is started, but it continues. You know, if everyone gets caught up a little bit in this feel-good factor, and all oh, we can just cruise this, or I'm sure they won't. But that's that's the only the only worry. But they've worked hard, and like Lee says, you know, they're reaping the rewards for it. Right, we'll start with you then, Andy. Predictions for the uh, for the Liverpool game: win, uh, lose, draw. Don't sit on the fence. Uh, draw. Draw. So tell him not to sit on the fence, Scott, there, Lee, and he sat on the fence. Um, Leave you going for two out of two here. This is a this is a big uh, big prediction. This one. I, I fancy Newcastle again. Um, I think it'll be something like two one to Newcastle. Uh, I think Liverpool carry a threat. They're a good team. Uh, Newcastle have to work hard beat them, but can they do it? Yeah, I think they can, and uh, I think they will. Yeah, I, I'm kind of going to go for a Newcastle win as well. I actually think that this this sort of little run feels feels really good. So uh, yeah, so I mean. Uh, <laughs> positivity if, if long may it continue it's been absolutely fantastic so from myself Mark Douglas uh, Andy Fowler and Lee Ryder uh, unfortunately Neil Cameron's away uh, again this week which doesn't give me the chance to uh, to do my uh, Neil Cameron impression although it might be back the next time he's on holiday um, but uh, but yeah uh, up the uh, up the tune tomorrow How are you doing there? It is David from the David McWilliams podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. We're all following the government's advice right now. We're staying in. It's a little bit cocooning, but it's all working 
So while you're staying at home, here's a recommendation of another great podcast. It's the Blind Boy podcast. He's an old mate. He's a great skin. He has extraordinarily interesting views of the world. Check it out.